0: Another white male sitting on a podcast spouting his opinions night and day. Another white male sitting on a fat and this show's called the Friday For Play. Yes, it is the... My name is Ronald George Moore. Welcome to Friday For Play. Fur, fur, fur. That theme song, courtesy of my beautiful partner, Carolyn. And you could enter yours into the contest. Friday For Play theme song, sent it to... The Manitoba money shop podcast at gmail.com yes deadlines March 31st is a money shot box of goodies that I'm adding each week I put a new something in there so it's it's good it's good it's pretty cold. okay today let's get down to it uh, every Friday I like to bring you that Manitoba gold and you'll notice I brought it up for a question mark because I don't know I don't know if this is gold this may be uh, Fool's gold. But uh, there's a bit of a backstory on this book called Manitoba, the province and the people. Ken Coates, Fred McGinnis, Coates and McGinnis wrote this. Uh, And it's a book that, okay, so Keller and I moved into this house about a year ago. She was living here, but then she let uh, her former partner's family live here. But whoa, like the amount of books in this place is insane. Like, There's got to be over a thousand books. All over the place in the basement upstairs bookshelves galore filled with lots of fun tales and cookbooks Oh, so many cookbooks Robins and over the year we've been you know paring them down getting these books to their rightful owner or taking them to the thrift shop so there's just like a lot of shopping bags full of random books and uh, I just happen to notice that this book was hanging out in a bag to be thrifted. And I was like, what? Manitoba, the province and the people. That seems like an interesting read because I am a people in the province. So I thought, you know, let's uh, take a look at this book and see what exactly it's all about. And if it's worthy of being called Manitoba Gold. So anyway, I haven't touched it. I haven't opened it up since I brought it to uh, the Crop Central studio, as I like to call it. And I thought we'd just do it live on air. This is what you would call live on air. So I don't know what year this is or anything. So it's a nice beautiful hardcover red book here. Uh, The spine says Manitoba. It's actually almost in the font that they use officially for the province but uh, a little bit more fancy Dan on the cover. Uh, You have a shot of the Golden Boy silhouette in gold uh, appropriately. So let's, uh, let's dig in here. Okay, so I'll just read the book jacket. This was $26.95. That's the price of, of the book on the... What do you call this? The cover? This fascinating, concise history of Manitoba is a treasure trove of information about the Keystone Province in the heart of Canada. The heart of the country, Canada. The evolution of the province from a frontier territory known only to Indians and fur traders to a most significant communications, transportation, financial, and agricultural base for all of Canada is vividly described. Ooh. Between 1682 and 1812, only the fur trade brought the white man to Manitoba to posts. Directed by the Hudson's Bay Company, the Northwest Company, and other independent traders. Lord Selkirk's famous Red River settlement, established in 1811 along with the Red and Assiniboine Rivers, was the first community founded on. <laughs> Woo! This is a tough read. Uh, I, I imagine most of us know all this already. Uh, In 1870, largely in response to demands by whites in Métis led by Louis Réal, the British government paid the uh, Hudson's Bay Company $1.5 for control of Rupert's Land uh, and enabled the new Dominion of Canada to create the first of the three prairie provinces in territory that was almost entirely confined to the Red River Valley. Blah, 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 blah. Lots of information on here. What year is it, though? Okay, let's see if I can find the year. Uh, I guess someone bought this used for $7. So, as we open up the pages, yeah, it's Hertig Publishing out of Edmonton. Copyright 1987. No way. 1987. Whoa. So, there's probably a lot of racism. (laughs) God. This won't be, uh, I don't know about this book. That's my favorite year, by the way. 1987. It was a damn good year. Good music, good films, good art, books. <laughs> we'll see about that. Although I was reading Stephen King. That's, uh, But anyway, besides the point, all rights reserved. No part of this book may be reproduced or transmitted in any form by any means, electronically, electrical, mechanical, chemical, optical, or otherwise, including photocopying and recording of... Oh boy, I could be in trouble here. Uh, by any information storage or retrieval system without written permission from the publisher except for brief passages quoted by a reviewer in a newspaper or magazine. Hmm. I'm just going to add, or podcast. Awesome. I don't have to worry about it. I'm reviewing this book in real time here. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be an eight-hour podcast, by the way. Episode. Uh, Canadian catalog and publishing data, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Editor Gene Wilson, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Contents. Acknowledgements. Introduction. Approaching Manitoba. Chapter 1. Preparing for the boom. 1870, 1881. Chapter 2. Living with disappointment. <laughs> 1881 to 1896. Chapter 3. The transformation of Manitoba. 1896, 1914. Chapter 4. War and the Need for Change, 1914-1929. War, huh? Chapter 5, The Return of Disappointment, 1929-1945. <laughs> chapter 6, The Emergence of Modern Manitoba, 1945-1969. Great year. Chapter 7, Contemporary Manitoba, 1969-1987. to 1987. And then Chapter 8, uh, The Return of the Return of Disappointment, 1987-2024. <laughs> I'm only kidding, that's not a real chapter. Epilogue, The Future of the Province and the People. Ooh, that'd be interesting to check out. Guide for further reading. And an index. Okay, let's see. Let's just go for it and check out the... Oh, there's acknowledgements. Uh, boring. Uh, nothing too exciting there. I don't see a shout-out to the... the uh, premiere or anything like that. Okay, let's just see. What, let's just read the read some random pages on this, but we'll start to start. Introduction approaching Manitoba. What was this place called Red River? The name originated with the fur trade and the philanthropy of Lord Selkirk and could be found on the early maps of British North America, but few knew much about it. It was owned by the Hudson's Bay Company big corporation here although the firms hold on the land was under attack from within and without in the night in the 1850s two north american empires the proven united states of america and the embryonic em- embryonic empire dominion of canada were considering laying claim to the territory what was the appeal freaking grain and uh, fur and um Grand Beach. Anyway, blah, 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 okay, so that's good. Preparing for the boom. I'll just pick out some random pages and see where it takes us. Preparing for the boom, 1870, 1881. Uh, How Manitoba got its name. Interesting. Early residents of this province were reticent about naming it. One of the earliest official documents was drafted and signed without a single description of the new political jurisdiction. That document was the List of Rights, issued on 16th November, 1869, and signed by representatives of, of all families in the Red and Assiniboine Parishes. It represented a preliminary draft of the conditions under which they would enter Confederation. The only word which refers to the area involved is territory. Some scholars in later years interpreted this as meaning that the signatures wanted a jurisdiction in which they would have self government in the absence of formal controls which might be imposed upon them through provincialhood. All right, uh, we're, uh, who said it? Ah, uh, this should be called Manitoba! I second it! The name Manitoba first appears in a letter written by Louis Riel to a delegate. Who traveled to Ottawa to discuss the terms of union. On April 18th, 1870, Riel wrote to Father N.J. Richo, Richot that the name of the country is already written in our hearts. Hmm. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Turning the page. That is Red River. Fancy delights in that of Manitoba. Quote unquote, Manitoba. But the situation seems to demand that of. Northwest, friends, oh, did I even say that right? Friends of the old government are pleased with that of Assiniboia, but it is not generally liked enough to be kept. Choose of the two names, Manitoba or Northwest. Well, oh, we could have been called Northwest. Um, and then Johnny McDonald made an address, outlined Ottawa thinking about the various names suggested. Fortunately, the Indian languages of that section of the country give us a choice of names and it is considered proper that the province which is to be organized shall be called Manitoba okay <sighs> who I don't know if I like this book <laughs> although it's keeping it real telling it like it is but uh, I'm sure it's um, all about stealing land and, and uh, making it look good I don't, I don't, know I'm not crazy about it. Living with Disappointment, 1881-1896. Manitobas who dared to dream that a massive influx of immig- immigrants would bring prosperity had their faith rewarded, at least temporarily. Extension of the boundary broadened their vision, and construction of the, cons- the Canadian Pacific Railway gave it a practical foundation. Together, these developments spurred a tremendous settlement and speculative boom in the province. The hopes and plans of the previous decade appeared to have become a reality. Dreams of provincial greatness rested on Manitoba's ability to attract the farmers necessary to till the soil and investors to build the towns, grain elevators, and railways. In 1881-82, the vision of a new Manitoba seemed to have come true. For the next 15 years, the province struggled to prove that the glory of the boom years had not been an illusion. But it was... What else? Uh, A lot of. Ooh, there's some cool pictures. I got a a Mennonite Barn, Rosser Avenue and Brandon, Verdon Street scene from the top of. Ooh, they got some really cool pictures. Oh, the God, the pictures. Oh, Lord. This was a picture podcast. You can see the schoolhouses, um, a child's funeral. Oof. That's always hard to. Well, I'm skipping by those. Uh. Let's see, what else? Deloraine, person Oh, they got... Oh, the history of all these little towns, too. That's pretty sweet. As you can see, I'm flipping fast. Oh, tuxedo. What does it say about tuxedo? Uh, I'm assuming that they're talking about tuxedo. In Winnipeg here. In 1925, the Tuxedo Town Planning Scheme was introduced, of course it was a scheme, those rich bitches, (laughs) sorry, Uh, which specified the style of residence that could be built. Houses were confined to no more than half the area of the lot. Minimum values were established according to the location within the town. Limits were established for a game preserve, a 20-acre golf club, yep, and the Provincial Teaching Training College. Uh, Ever jealous of the town's status, the officials made certain that its reputation as an elite center would always be insured. Well, they got that right. In 1962, when one family had to apply for welfare, the community responded in material fashion. Two truckloads of supplies were provided, and a job was found for the husband. It's good to be white. It's good to be white, huh? God, that just seems very generous. I mean, but what about... uh, Equal pay for equal rights. No one heard of that back then. Okay. Keep going. Flipping and flipping. Uh, War and the need for change. I don't know if I should read about war. Um, The British declaration of war after years of saber-rattling and warmongering committed Canadians to a confrontation that few understood. When war reached Winnipeg and and then quickly spread across the province, Manitobans flocked to the streets in celebration, waved the Union Jack, and sang patriotic songs. They were eager to get back to the the military, militaristic hun. The war was on. Who's the war against? I hate the, uh, oh, this is what, World War II? Oh, World War I, 1914, 1929 Okay, we'll just go past all this Crap, da da la da, da more pictures The pictures are so cool I'm a picture guy, ooh, Churchill The Danish explorer uh, Jens Monk first visited This site at Latitude, blah-blah-blah Churchill Latitude uh, His two sailing vessels and combined Crews of 64 spent the winter Of 1619 On the western shore Of the present harbour uh, okay, I'm going to keep going here Okay, um, this is uh, it's a, it's, If you really want to learn all about Canada From a 1987 perspective I do recommend the book they, they have a lot of Uncle Peter Thousands of young Manitobans Whose families owned the first radio receiver sets In the late 20s and early 30s Had a friend named Uncle Peter Here we go each day after school, they would hear the friendly voice of a man who conducted a radio show for children only and who, in doing so, won a loyal following of Peterkins. Oh, that's kind of neat. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go into that either. Uh, Andrew Minarski. Oh, it's all these people who have schools named after them. Oh, they, they have the Gimli Viking, which was set up in 1969, or at least that photo was taken. Oh, the photos are ridiculously cool the ukrainians uh, a lot of cool stuff in this book i'm going to leave it there the winnipeg flood 1950 Stephen juba stanley Knowles. yeah a lot of uh all right what was the what was the future i, I want to read about the future god damn it we're in the future bear with me i'm going back to see what page that's on that's on uh yeah the future uh 193 yeah. Fast forward to 193. Uh, flip, 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 flip. There we go. The future of the province and the people. Manitoba historically has been one of Canada's most stable provinces. Only occasionally has provincial incidents blazed across the nation's consciousness. Incidents such as the Red River Resistance, the Winnipeg General Strike, the Auto Pack Controversy, hmm. and the more recent... And more recently, the French language debate. Uh, let's go to the last chapter of the future see what it says. <laughs> oh, Reading books is not fun anymore. Manitobans like to boast that as the keystone, they hold together the arc of the Canadian provinces. As the land in the middle, they marry the east and the west, and in doing so, enjoy the best of both territories. I agree with that. I, I can agree with that. The agriculture of one, the manufacturing and processing of the other. It is a land of pleasant contrasts, where a significant, a sophisticated major urban population still practices the neighbor, the neighborliness, the neighborliness, the neighborliness of its frontier past. Wow, what a read! <laughs> so, so what do I give this book? I don't know freaking five maybe a four it's something you really have to buckle down and and, uh, spend a a good chunk of time with as any book I guess but uh, on first glance there's a lot of information I'm sure it's a lot easier to go to Wikipedia to have it all concise you know maybe you want to Cole's notes on on this book but Colts and McGinnis good job that's what I gotta say today that's your Friday for play I think this one's going back in the in the grocery bag. <laughs> Ready for the thrift shop. The manito Money Shop podcast. Two shows a week. Three if you're a Patreon member. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. Bye.